Welcome to the City Church Sermon Podcast. City Church is a new church located in the city of Frisco, Texas, just north of Dallas. Our hope and prayer is that the following message can serve as an encouragement and as a blessing and inspiration in your walk with Christ. If you have any questions about City Church and want more information about us or you want to visit during one of our Sunday celebrations, please visit us online at citychurchfrisco.org or email us at hello at citychurchfrisco.org. If you would like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at citychurchfrisco.org slash give. Thank you for listening. Today we are starting a new sermon series for the next four weeks. We're calling it Love Displayed. Love Displayed. And we're going to be talking about um, what it looks like in your life, what it looks like in my life uh, when we love God. When we love God, what does that look like? When you and I say, I love God, what does that look like? And today we're going to be speaking from the subject of obey to display. And in Matthew chapter 16, the word of God says that Jesus was talking to his disciples. And he said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves And take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Let's come before the Lord in prayer. Father, we come before your presence. We give you honor. We give you glory. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for being good. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for having us in your house today. Uh, We spent an amazing moment of worship uh, the past few minutes. Uh, We could feel your presence in this place. We can feel your love in our lives, God. And today, we just as we go forward, we just ask you, Lord, that you speak into our lives. I thank you for everyone that is here. um, And I thank you, Lord, for our desire to grow, our desire to seek you, our desire Uh, to learn more about you. And I just ask you, Lord, that today our hearts would be open, our minds would be receiving, our ears would be alert to your word today. Speak to each one of us, speak to my life, speak to my brother and my sister. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen. You may be seated. I feel like I haven't preached in a long time. I thank Brother Julian for the message he brought. Last week, amen, and um, sounds like he wanted to keep preaching today. <laughs> he was excited, hallelujah. It's good. I, I, I get excited when I see people that are excited. Praise God. So uh, we're starting a new sermon series, Obey or Love Display. Um, one of the reasons I, I, I was, I, I'm talking about this, this in the next few weeks is because we just had a youth camp and. As we were preparing for youth camp, there was a couple of devotionals that I wrote and I, I transcribed and I, and I got together for the camp. And as I was writing this one, it really spoke to me and God just really did something in my heart and I, and I wanted to share this with you guys. And what we're going to do is a little devotional that was only about three paragraphs. We're going to expand it over the next four weeks and really speak on this about what does it look like when you and I love God. So we got to understand, uh, like some of my favorite songs, 
uh, as I, uh, I was thinking about this, some of my favorite songs are songs uh, that I was looking back and I was looking at the lyrics and thinking about the lyrics. And I was kind of shocked to, to see that some of my favorite songs are songs that, that talk about God's love for me. Okay? Uh, there's the one song that we sing here. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. And then the next line says, and I'm loved by you. That's who I am. That's who I am. That's who I am. And it's amazing. It's, it's really amazing to think that God loves me. It's amazing to think that God loves you. And I, I can understand why we're captivated by this thought. Amen. And, and as we're growing up, if you grew up in church or some, have some uh, idea of what church was like when you were, uh, when it's young, for a young person, uh, for a child, one of the first songs we learn is what? Jesus loves me. This I know, right? And we begin to understand at a very early age that Jesus loves us. There's this one thing that I can be positive about in my life. There's this one thing that I am absolutely sure is that God loves me. And in general, those who are far from God, they have this understanding that Christians believe that there is a God that loves them. And there's this, uh, there's this concept that they, they kind of understand or that they've heard of. But I, I want to share with you today a, a, a remarkable truth. Something that you and I need to understand. Is that what changes your life isn't how much you are loved. But how much you love something. Okay. What changes your life, what changes my life, is not really about how much love I'm receiving, but what's going to change my life, what's going to push me to do some great things in this world, what's going to push me to do something significant, is how much I love something. Because it's not truly about the love you're receiving that changes your life. It's about the love that you're going to give. It's about... How much you love something. Jesus said it this way in John chapter 14 verse 15. If you love me, keep my commands. This was a simple test of love. You want to prove that you love me? Matthew, John, Peter, you want to show that you truly love me then? Keep my commands. Obey me. All these things you've learned over the past three years, all these things that you've seen from me, all these things you've experienced when you've been with me, and you've seen my commands, you've seen what I've taught, you've seen, you've heard what I've preached. If you truly love me, you will keep my commands. Can somebody say that with me? Keep my commands. So God says, Jesus says, that if you're truly going to be in love with me, you're going to obey me. You're going to follow me, and you're going to obey me. See, God loves me is a central truth in the gospel. Everyone has heard John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Once again, 
The reason that God did something for us is because he loved something. He loved you. He loved me. The reason Jesus gave his life for you and for me is because he loved us. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. See, if it hadn't been for God's love for us, we wouldn't be here right now. If it hadn't been because God's love reached into our lives, we would not be here right now. But there comes a moment in our lives, there comes a moment in our, in our Christian walk that we need to move past just receiving God's love and we need to begin walking in obeying his commandments. God's love for us is extremely important. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for his love. I'm not trying to downplay the importance of God's love. But what I'm trying to tell you is that if you and I are going to do anything for God, we have to love him. And the way we show, his, show love to him, the way we display our love towards God is that we obey him. Yes. And here's where our struggle is. If we're honest, this is where we struggle. We, we struggle in obedience. We struggle in, in, in hearing his word and in hearing his call in our lives. And we struggle uh, in, in, in internal things in our lives that we know we probably should change. But for some reason, we struggle in our obedience. We can't just receive God's love and live our life as if that's all that is required from us. We can't live our life and just be happy that God loves us. Yes, God loves us. But what am I going to do about that? What are you going to do about that? See, throughout the Bible, as we study and as we read his word, we see men and women that were ordinary men and women. Nothing necessarily special about them. Nothing outstanding about them, but they served him and they obeyed him. Some of these men, some of these women that we find in the Bible, some of them left homes. Some of them left their countries. Some of them left their gods that they were serving at that time. Some of them left certain jobs and professions. Some of them left fears. Some of them left doubts and insecurities about themselves and some of them left certain things that they were doing that weren't pleasing God in order to serve him and to love him. In every case there was a response to God's love. So my question to you today and the thing that we need to really look at and dig into is that how have I been showing my love for, for God? Is my love for God superficial? Is it only by lips? Because words are a dime a dozen. They're free. You can say whatever you want to say. Your words can flow freely. But truly it's your actions. Truly it's those things that you do that reflect who you truly are. Who, what you really believe, what your values are. Amen. Now, these men, these women that left homes, countries, that left all these things, were they moved by God's love for them? 
Yes, there was a relationship. But they were also moved because they loved God. They wanted to please him. They wanted to serve him. And this is called commitment. This is called commitment. When we think of committing our lives to Jesus, surrendering our lives to Jesus, what we read, we got to pick up our cross and we got to follow Jesus. We got to die to our selfish nature. We got to die to sin in our lives. We got to die to rebellion. We got to die to our flesh. When we think of all these things that God is asking us, some of us may think this is too high of a calling for me. Why? Because it is too difficult. To give up, it'll come up. It is too difficult to give up, you fill in the blank. If we're all completely honest, I believe we can all fill in this this blank. Uh, It is too difficult to give up so-and-so. It is too difficult to give this up. But we all know deep down what Jesus is asking us to give up. We all know where we've been failing God. We all can do some soul searching. We can do some digging in our hearts and find out, Lord, uh, you've been calling me to this, but I find this difficult. We're great at finding justifications. We're, We're great at finding excuses. And see, dying to something is only difficult because the only stance that we use, the only approach that we have is that God loves me and I'm loved by God. That's who I am. That's who I am. Therefore, because God loves me, God wants me to be happy. Because God loves me, he wants me to enjoy my life. And if I give this one thing up, Some of my happiness is going to leave. And we start justifying. Uh, No one knows. This is just me. It's not hurting anybody else. It's It's not causing any damage. It's not causing any problems. It's just something personal. It's something in my heart. And nobody knows about this. And I don't know why God is asking me to leave this, to give this up. But what would be different in our lives if we would allow the Holy Spirit to to shift, or we were using at youth camp the, the word to transform our mindset, to transform our perspective, and instead of being moved by the fact that God loves you, and judging God by how much he blesses you, what if you love Jesus? What if everything we did was based on our love for Jesus. Because if you love Jesus, you'll want to do things that please him, that that bring him joy, that, that, that bless his heart, that expands the kingdom of God and not the kingdom of, of yourself. Because sometimes we're very interested in expanding our own kingdoms. 
I need to I need to get this promotion. I need to get some more money. I need to work some more overtime. I, I, I need to pursue this endeavor. I need to pursue this thing. And, and, and it's good to pursue certain things in life, but not at the expense of God's calling for you. John talked about loving God a lot, and, and, in, and in his first letter to the church, he writes in chapter 2, verse three, uh, verses 3 to 6, we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word... Love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. See, the, the Apostle John doesn't, doesn't mince any words. He's very clear to you. He's very clear to me that if we say that we love Jesus, but yet we don't follow his commands, what does he say? We're lying. Praise the Lord, everybody. If I tell my wife, babe, I love you with all of my heart, and I will do anything for you. I am here for you, and yet I am constantly being unfaithful to her. What what would you guys think? That's not true. Those are just words. And we begin to see this truth in our, in our lives, in our Christian walk, because Jesus did give us his love. He gave everything for us. And in return, we say, Jesus, we love you. We want to serve you. But yet, we draw lines and say, well, I'll come to right here, but I can't. I, I know you're calling me there. I know you want me to give this up. I know there's this addiction. There's this, this alcohol. There's this smoking. There's these drugs. There's this pornography. There's this something that you want me to give up, but I'm not willing to, to quite cross that line yet. I, I know there's this uh, relationship that is not good for my life, uh, and I know that, I, that it's pulling me away from you, God, but I'm not willing to take different steps, to walk in a different direction. I know there's an inappropriate relationship I need to give up. I'm being unfaithful to my family, to my spouse, but it's just too high of a calling, Jesus. If we claim to love God and we claim that God is within us, The Apostle Paul says that, do you not know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? We we claim to be a a spirit-filled church, but yet if there are moments in our lives where we do not allow God to transform us, to change us, how can we continue claiming that we're a spirit-filled church? Because what is happening internally should be manifesting itself externally 
Yeah, we come as we are to church. We come as we are before God. We come as we are to the feet of Jesus. But see, Jesus loves us too much to leave us the same. He begins to work in our hearts. Every one of us has things in our lives. We have areas in our hearts that need to be cleaned. They need to be swept. They need to be opened up and exposed to the light of Jesus. And what is happening on the inside should begin to manifest itself on the outside. And then what happens? We start seeing certain things in our lives. If Jesus loved the helpless, we begin to love the helpless. If Jesus loved the homeless, we begin to love the homeless. If Jesus loved the poor, we begin to love the poor. If Jesus spent time in prayer, guess what? We begin to spend time in prayer. If Jesus gave of himself, we become generous. If Jesus preached the truth, even if it hurt, even if it offended, then we begin to preach the truth, even if it turns some people away. Because we love Jesus. We love God. A little, late, a little later in 1 John, John states in chapter 5, verse 3, In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. Huh, that's interesting that John would say that his commands, that, that if we're going to love God, yeah, we got to keep his commands, but his commands are not burdensome. And some of us may push back and we may say, well, I, I kind of find it a little bit burdensome. I have to do this. And I feel like I can't do this. I just can't keep up with the Bible. I can't live up to its teachings. It's just too difficult. Pastor, it's just too hard. Now, when, when John is saying this, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that everything that God will ask us to do is going to be easy. That's not what he's saying. But what he's saying is that if you truly love God, that anything that God will ask us to do, we'll do it gladly. If I love my wife, and she tells me, you know, I, I, babe, I think that, 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 that you're a great guy and everything, but if only you could just help me and, and throw out the trash more often. Well, I don't like throwing out the trash, but if I truly love my wife, I'm going to gladly do that for her. Babe, you know, if you would just stop doing this one thing that drives me nuts, stop leaving your socks on the floor. Holy Spirit speaking. Well, I'm going to stop. I'm going to pick up. I'm going to do whatever is asked of me gladly because there's love involved. And we can go deeper. We can go, I mean, those are trivial things, but, but there are things that cause fights at the home, right? But then we can go deeper. Babe, 
babe, if you love me, please stop talking to that person at work. It bothers me. I know you guys aren't doing I believe you, but stop. Why? Because they're in, if a spouse loves the other one, then they will stop. And God just says, you know what? If you love me, keep my commands. If you love me, seek me. If you love me, serve me. If you love me, read my word. If you love me, as you read your word, allow me to speak into your life. As, if you love me, look into the word as a mirror and see the defects, see the flaws that you have and allow my Holy Spirit to, to change you, to transform you. Yeah, you can't do it alone. You need me to help you. You need me to show you. You need guidance. You need counsel. You need some people around your life that think the same way you do. Stop hanging out with those friends. Yeah, you know, keep talking to them, invite them to church, but stop doing those things that you shouldn't be doing if you love me. If you love me. If we truly love God, what God asks us to do won't be burdensome. It'll be a joy. It'll be something that we're going to give up, we're going to do, because there's a joy in our hearts when we see our loved ones rejoicing. Yes. Amen. Amen? Isn't that what Christmas sometimes is? That we maybe are, it hurts to pay for that gift, and we know they're not going to be playing for it, but more than a week. But that just that one moment, that five seconds, ten seconds of joy in their, in their, in their, in their face, brings such a happiness to us. Then after the 10 seconds are gone, they go back to being brats and we're all mad at each other and then okay, well, but it was 10 seconds of heaven. And we do that because we want to see joy in our loved ones. When we truly love God, we want to serve him and bring joy to his heart. For example, there's a man in, um, in, in Acts chapter 9. I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles. Acts chapter 9, verse 10. We don't have it up on the screen. So, Acts chapter 9, verse 10. Once you have it, say Amen. So just to give you a little context, there's a guy named Saul. He's killing all the Christians. He's going into their homes, dragging them out. They're having church. Like us, we're having church. And he's coming in with, uh, with Roman uh, soldiers and dragging them out, killing them, beating them, throwing them in jail. This is Saul. Saul has an encounter with Jesus. Jesus blinds him, speaks to him. Saul becomes a believer. And then in chapter 9, verse 10, it says, In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord said, said, told him, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man named Tarsus, from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision he has seen a man named Ananias, 
Come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Verse 13. Lord. Ananias answered. Lord, can I just remind you? Can I, can, can I just, let me, let me remind you. I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Verse 17, then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. Verse 29. At once, at once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, Isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on this name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful. And baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. So here we have a follower of Jesus. Jesus speaks to him in a vision and tells him, Hey, I want you to go talk to this guy. Uh, oh, by the way, his name is Saul of Tarsus. And Ananias is like, um, Time out. Isn't this the guy that has been killing people like me? And you want me to go talk to him and just walk in there and pray for him and remember all the harm that he's done to, to your sons and your daughters, Jesus? There are moments, church, when we have our doubts. There are moments when we question the calling in our lives. There are moments... That God asks us to do difficult things. But if we truly love God, and we clearly hear Him calling us, our response should be to obey. Ananias questioned. He said, hey Lord, are you sure this is the right person you got? He questioned. Ananias was scared. He's heard about Saul, the persecutor. He's heard about Saul, the zealot. He's heard about Saul that is going into the churches and hurting his Christian brothers and sisters. And he's like, Lord, are you sure this is where you want me to go? Lord, are you sure that you still want our marriage to work? We've been so at each other's throats and I'm not sure if there's any hope left for us. Lord, are you sure that you want me to go into that place and preach your word? Because it is difficult there. 
Lord, are you sure you want me to give this up? I, I can't give it up. If people find out, it'll be embarrassing. If people find out, my wife may leave me. If people find out, things are not going to be good. Are you sure, God? Is this truly your calling? See, our, our personal feelings about his commands truly are irrelevant. We, 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 in these verses, we can clearly see that God has a plan. And Aeneas didn't understand it and he questions it. Now in this, it makes it seem like it was only a, a 30 second conversation. But I don't know, I, I feel like it was condensed for, to save a little bit of space. But it might have been a conversation that Ananias and God had for a, a good while. Are you, I don't know, God. Are you sure? But in the end, Ananias' love for God, for Jesus, wins out. And he obeys. And we begin to see the results of disobedience. Though he doubted, though he was fearful, though he didn't understand the calling, we begin to see that Saul is immediately baptized. And he doesn't wait a day or two days or a week or two weeks, a month until he's ready. I got to go to seminary. I got to go learn this. I got to read the Bible a little bit more. No, he says he goes immediately and starts preaching the name of Jesus. When we love God, we display our love for God through our obedience. If we don't keep his commandments, we don't really love him. Disobedience shows a lack of love. Shows rebellion. We see that in our kids. We see the rebellion in our kids. We ask them to do something. They don't want to do it. And it's just them testing how far can I go? Who really has authority here? Can I get away with this? Many times in our, in our Christian walk, we find ourselves playing this tug of war with God. God, I know you're calling me for this, and it's okay. I, I just, all I want to do is get to heaven. So even if I just kind of belly flop into heaven, I'm good. But when God has such a higher calling for us, it's a shame because God put a potential within you, church. He puts a potential within me to do so much more for this world. To shine a light into those places that only you, only you can reach. Not even I can reach them. Only you, you have a certain set of capabilities that God has given you, uh, an insight that God has given you into somebody's life, into, some, into the way something works, and only you are the one that is called to go there. Amen. We have to obey. Think about the people you love in your life. Your family, your friends. You naturally become more and more like them. 
You guys like the same music? You like the same clothing? Like the same jokes? The same type of movies? Usually, I'm speaking in generalities. And you become more and more, you start talking like one another. You begin to finish each other's questions, or not questions, sentences. Right? Have you ever, um, those, parent, those who are parents, have your kids ever come home and they start talking a certain way that you've never heard them talk that way? You're like, hey, hey, come here. Who have you been hanging out with? What's, where did this come from? Because I know I didn't teach you that. Why? Because we become like those whom we love. We become like those who are in our lives all the time. If you want to become more like Jesus, we need to start falling in love with Jesus. I'm going to ask you to stand today. What is God asking you to do? Maybe God is asking you to forgive someone. Maybe God is asking you to call someone and ask for forgiveness. Maybe God is asking you to give up an addiction. Maybe God is asking you to give up a relationship that no one knows about. Maybe God is asking you to start tithing. Maybe God is asking you to pray more. Maybe God is asking you to read his word more. God is asking you to let go of the pride that you have in your heart and love your family and forgive your wife, forgive your husband. Maybe God is asking you to accept him. Maybe God is asking you to get baptized in Jesus' name. What step of obedience will you take this week to show your love for God? We must obey to display our love for God. So the question becomes, what will you give up? Or what will you do? How will we show our love? If you love me, keep my commands. If you love me, Another version says, obey my commandments.